0: I am the good shepherd, says the Lord. I know my sheep, and mine know me. Alleluia! 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 The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. a demoniac who could not speak, was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the mute man spoke. The crowds were amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, he drives out demons by the prince of demons. Jesus went around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness. At the sight of the crowds, his heart was moved with pity for them, because they were troubled and abandoned like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. The Gospel of the Lord. I find it very hard, if not impossible to convince people about the truth of Christianity. Have you found that hard yourself? It feels like trying to tell someone about falling in love, but that other person has never himself fallen in love. Someone in love sees everything, including himself, differently. That is, through rose-colored glasses. Love makes the whole world look, well, lovely. Sometimes we go so far as to say love is blind, because it actually causes you not to see something, like defects or deficiencies in the one you love. Maybe this is why page after page of the New Testament talks about love. The inspired authors are not trying to convince us about the truth of Christianity, but rather they're inviting us to fall in love with Jesus Christ. Each New Testament writer is saying in his own unique way, Let me tell you about this person named Jesus with whom I am madly in love. And I hope that once you get to know him, you will fall hopelessly in love with him too. The New Testament authors are like that young girl who brings her boyfriend home for the first time to meet the parents. She hopes that they will love him almost as much as she loves him. Every Christian trying to tell the world about Christ finds himself or herself in the position of that young girl. This perspective may help make sense of today's gospel and Jesus' miracles and why people respond so differently to him. A mute man possessed by a demon is brought to Jesus who miraculously expels the demon and restores the man to full health. Now notice the reaction of the crowds versus that of the Pharisees. The crowds are amazed and they fall in love with our Lord. But the Pharisees say skeptically, He drives out demons by the prince of demons. The Pharisees were like that father who had just met his daughter's boyfriend and could see see nothing good in him. You know, I'm reminded of that song by Rodney Atkins where the father says, Now y'all run along and have some fun. I'll see you when you get back. Bet I'll be up all night still cleaning this gun. In the case of Jesus, though, the Pharisees actually used their gun and crucified him. And Jesus willingly died for his girlfriend, his bride, the church. In other words, the Gospel of Matthew, indeed all 27 New Testament books, are not trying to convince us about the truth of Christianity. Rather, they're trying to tell us about Jesus and hope we too, like them, will fall hopelessly in love with him. My friends, the modern world has heard all the arguments for the case of Christianity and they have not been convinced. If we tell them about miracles, they scoff in our face with scientific certainty that miracles cannot happen and they're only illusions for the gullible. If we present the historical record, they retort we have doctored and distorted the original documents. If we argue from the Bible and stack up scripture quotations as high as the Empire State Building, they come up with other scriptures veering in the opposite vein. And so it goes for arguments from reason and from nature, and from beauty, and so forth. The modern world, and perhaps people in our own family, have heard the case for the truth of Christianity, and they are left unconvinced, like that skeptical father who is thoroughly unimpressed by his daughter's boyfriend. So what recourse remains to us? Well, we do what that daughter does, and we do what the New Testament writers did. We are shy, and we smile, and we stammer, and we struggle to tell others about someone we love. And even more importantly, we tell them about how much He loves us. I realize this may not be the most persuasive path to convince the world about Christianity. But that is not what we are supposed to do. Christianity is not, in the first place, a question about truth. It is a matter of love. Truth comes second. Therefore, Christianity only requires one thing from us, that we ourselves Fall in love with Jesus. Praised be Jesus Christ.